This morning's scripture reading comes from the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 13 to 15. Then little children were being brought to him in order that he may lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples sternly spoke sternly to those who brought them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid hands on them, and he went on his way. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. You are a brave, strong woman. This is a phrase that I have spoken to each of my daughters at different points in their life where they needed just a little bit of encouragement when facing something a little bit bigger or scarier than they'd ever faced before. So it came about um, mostly on playgrounds. So having to hold on to the, the teeter-totter for the very first time by themselves. Um, to have to go down a, a slide by themselves for the very first time, where uh, it's just a little bit higher, uh, maybe a ride goes just a little bit faster than, the, when, than what they were thinking, but, but doing things that are scary in a careful way, uh, knowing that mom and dad are just, a, just a, a handhold away that are just right there watching over them, sometimes just that little bit of encouragement, you can do this, you are a brave, strong woman, was all that they needed for just that little push uh, to find out that as they reached the bottom of the slide or uh, they came back down from the teeter-totter from the very first time that those words were in fact very true. Now, there's moments where we said those uh, words where it was a fairly safe environment where we were trying to get them to try something new um, we spoke them over um, new vegetables that they had to try, <laughs> that you can do this, you can try a piece of broccoli, you're a brave, strong woman, you can get through this. But there was moments where it actually came about that they needed those words in order uh, to go into a place that their parents couldn't get. In fact, we needed them to be brave, strong women so that they could save the day. So the week that I first got here to Alabaster First United Methodist, um, the house that I was moving into wasn't going to be ready for a couple more weeks. And so my family actually uh, kind of relocated up to Sheffield, Alabama, up in Julia's mom's house for about two weeks while I stayed down here and worked and kind of got my first couple weeks under my belt and got things set up here and finally got the house set up to where they can move in two weeks later. But in the two weeks that they were up in Sheffield, uh, for those of you that, that know my house, when we get transplanted, we bring more than just people. 
They had dogs and they had cats. And, and the cats, they didn't have room in the house, but there was a little workroom off the back side of the garage that was enclosed and had a nice little door and it was air conditioned and it was a space where the cats could kind of have a place of their own for a couple weeks. Uh, but the problem was, was the door that went into this workroom had a little bit of a, a, an older fashioned lock that a curious cat that liked to flip things and likes to try out to see just how many of their lives they can test, uh, flipped this lock and our cats locked themselves into this workroom. And, and Julia and four-year-old Lavender and two-year-old Wren had to figure out how to rescue their kittens. And y'all do not stand between a little girl and her kittens. They tried Jimmy in the windows. They tried rattling on the doors. They tried seeing if they could unlock the door, take off the hinge of the door. They, they tried the handles. They tried everything, trying to figure out how to rescue their kittens. Now, on the very bottom of the door, they noticed that there was a little pet door that, that could slide up and down. Now, this was, it was locked from the outside as well, but they managed with uh, mama's strength and little four-year-old, two-year-old fingers that they could get under the edge of this little pet door and they could open it up to get a hole that was just about the size of a little four-year-old girl. And facing the scary moment of having to uh, kind of crawl through this little space that her mommy's arm wasn't long enough to reach up to flip this lock, uh, little lavender, it all fell upon her shoulders to crawl into this dark, different, isolated, locked away room where mama couldn't get to, to see if she could crawl through this little pet door in order to play with the lock to see if she could flip it and rescue her cats. And little four-year-old Lavender did not even hesitate for a moment because she's a brave, strong woman. And she climbed through that pet door. And if y'all know Wren, Wren is not about to be left behind either. And Wren just crawled right through right after her as well. They figured out how to unlock the door. And to this day, they have not stopped rescuing cats. They've actually gotten a little too good at it. And they saved the day because they had to go somewhere where the grown-ups couldn't fit. And when we think about life and we think about the different generations that, that we have in our communities and our churches, a lot of times children are, are seen as those that are kind of a little bit uh, just not ready for real life. They're the ones that they, they don't really understand or can't really hold all the different burdens that, that really kind of trouble us in our adult lives. But we find out that oftentimes when we give them the opportunity when we trust them to take the lessons that we've poured into them and lead the way into situations that the rest of us can't get to and are too big to fit into, that kids often are the ones that lead us and show us just what we're capable of doing. If we trust enough and have faith enough, 
they really can lead us in saving the day when the rest of us are all out of ideas. In our scripture reading this morning, Jesus really reiterates this in a very radical teaching. So Jesus has been teaching sort of all across the countryside, and he has been teaching some really weighty stuff. He's been teaching about divorce. He's been teaching about taxes. Guys, my kids couldn't care less about taxes. He's been teaching about uh, what it means um, when he says that he's going to die and be resurrected. He's teaching things that the disciples and the adults in the crowd don't understand and can't figure out what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about some really deep things. And in the midst of all of this teaching, in the midst of all this depth and all of this burden that, that Jesus is laying down, to really talk about how life gets really hard sometimes. That life gets extremely complicated, and God still shows up in the midst of that. In the midst of these words of life, in the, in the midst of these words of this hardship, there, there's all these distractions when Jesus is trying to teach. All these kids that are left on the margins and all these kids that are pushed to the backside of the crowd, the parents keep not wanting to lose this opportunity to have their child prayed for and blessed. And so while Jesus is teaching all of these big, weighty, adult-style topics, these parents are letting these kids sort of uh, kind of uh, meander and push their way through some of these locked-out groups into the very front lines of where Jesus is, asking Jesus to bless them and to pray for them. And the disciples, they don't, they don't like the distractions. They don't like the interruptions. And they start admonishing the parents and the grown-ups that are bringing the children to come to see Jesus and be blessed. Can you imagine that? We're getting, getting so uh, preoccupied with right behavior that we limit access to the grace of God. And Jesus, seeing this admonishment and seeing the disciples push back those in the crowd that are wanting to get to him the most, he stops them. And he says, let the little children come unto me. For to them belongs the kingdom of God. They're the ones that have the eagerness. They're the ones that have the curiosity. They're the ones that have the faithfulness that when they stare into the face of God, that they know that they are good and loved and safe and protected. They're the ones that show us what it's like to receive the kingdom of God. And so he blesses them and prays for them and creates something that in the culture and in the faith of that time was something that was so different and so radical that even the disciples couldn't really begin to fit their head around it, that all of a sudden here is a faithfulness and here is a kingdom and here is a teaching that all ages are allowed. And not only are all ages are allowed, but all ages are needed. The synagogue community up to that point, if you were a man, you couldn't even participate in the synagogue until you were at least 12 years old. You had no standing and you had no place in the religious community. If you were a girl or if you were a young woman that hadn't been married yet, you didn't have a place at all whether you got above 12 years old or not. 
They were left out and pushed to the sides because they weren't ready or they, they felt like they wouldn't understand or there wasn't a place for them or maybe they were a little bit too dirty or a little bit too distracting or a little bit, uh, a little bit too curious. What I found about kids is they ask questions that are just a little bit too good sometimes that I don't have the answers to. And this is so different from the community that all of a sudden that these ones that were just seen as people that are not, yet, that are not yet ready to hear about uh, the things of life, all of a sudden Jesus is saying, bring those to the front of the line. Because they're the ones that are leading us and showing us what this faithfulness truly looks like. Children are the ones that lead us with the curiosity and the joyfulness and the questions and the faithfulness about what it comes and what it looks like to lean in with so much energy that, that we can't help but pour some life into whatever situation that we get into. Just one chapter before, as they were walking along, the, the disciples are walking along behind Jesus and they're having an argument about which one of them is the greatest. And Jesus turns around to him later in the day and says, well, the greatest one, which one of you is going to become like a child? Because it's like a child that the kingdom of God belongs to. The one who comes with a love and a curiosity, with a joy that, that doesn't depend on uh, what we've figured out in life or making sure that we've unlocked all the answers, but that we're willing to come to the one who is the answer, the one who is life, and to recognize that in such a way that we will push to the front of the line in order to be in his presence. There is a richness that comes with every generation in the faithful community of coming together because each one of us has a place. From the very youngest in our midst to the very oldest and the most seasoned saints that we have, that everybody has a purpose and a role and a value. That's what I love about kids is they see a value in things that I would walk right past. Have you all ever seen kids pick up a rock that they thought was cool? They will hold on to that rock as long as possible. They will pick up the broken shells. They will pick up the things that we have walked right past. They'll pick up the things that we think are not worthy and show us that they have a story and they have value and they have something interesting that we walked right past and yet they met with curiosity and excitement. The children in our midst are the leaders of the faith community of what it looks like to receive the kingdom of God. And so when we as a congregation, we build a congregation together, we often feel like we're building the church of the future. That we've got children's ministries and youth ministries in order to prepare the church for the work of the future. But the reality is, is that the children and the youth in our midst are needed in the church today too. They're a part of the faith community that give us a glimpse into the kingdom of God that we need now more than ever. And I get so thrilled when I see pictures about the, the day of service yesterday when you see uh, young kids coming together and baking cookies with some of, the, some of the most seasoned saints in the congregation learning recipes and, and learning what it looks like to get your hands dirty and, and putting things together as gifts and delivering them to firehouses and police stations and nursing homes and, and sharing that life, sharing that excitement and that gift and that generosity 
on the very front lines of those that need to see hope in life the most. They get to go to the fire station and the firefighters met them with the excitement that they had and they let the kids climb up in the fire truck and they, they showed them all about how it worked and they went to the police station and the police showed them their much less impressive Tahoes and police cars. <laughs> I'm the chaplain for the fire department so the fire truck was obviously cooler. But we got to see some awesome and incredible ways of what it looks like to serve across all generations. And to see families and communities together in a way that enriches every single person. Children are the first among us to remind us that there are no boundaries. We're the ones that push people out. We're the ones that draw lines and rules and, and they're the ones that show us what it's like to accept and to love so blindly and so completely that it most clearly reflects the very love of God. I love that this church is a church across all generations. I love the work that Pastor Reed does during vacation Bible school and teaching chapels on Wednesday morning and uh, doing teacher work days and helping out with the city schools. I love the work that, that Miss Rachel does in children's ministry, that she pours herself so completely into her work that, y'all, I don't think that she has attended a worship service for herself in the two years that she's been in this position, which is a problem because she's the one who's getting all of the blessing of being able to learn from these kids and to see what they're like be able to care for them and to teach them and to learn from them as well. And that's hard ministry. I became a pastor so that I didn't have to be a children's and youth pastor anymore. I took the easy way out. In youth ministry, you're, you're really trying to make sure that you come back with the same number of people that you left with, no more and no less. In children's ministry, it's like, you would die if I weren't here. <laughs> hey, can I climb up this cliff? No. And then you turn around and, and guys, where is that kid? Halfway up that cliff. <laughs> You're having to watch for them. You're having to chase them down. You're having to see what it looks like to have a curiosity and an energy to see the world through brand new eyes. And yet they're the leaders of what it looks like to reveal and to love and to pour out the kingdom of God. Kids are probably what have taught me the most about the love and the kingdom of God. And in the years ahead, as we continue to move forward and you continue to do incredible work in this community, be the ones that include all generations. Be the ones that, that are led by some of the youngest among you that listen to their voices and help create new spaces for them and involve them in building relationships and show them about what the kingdom of God is like. Because when I think about that Sunday that I got my third grade Bible, that sat on my shelf till the ninth grade. I didn't pull it down till the Sunday that I went to that church retreat where I was saved. And yet those stories have life. And those stories have ways to open up the kingdom of God and to teach others and to show them. And so every generation of this church has something to offer. 
and has something to give, not just to take and receive, but to help out in children's ministries, to help out in youth ministries, to, to not only lean into those future generations, but to go into those places to where we allow those generations to lead us into the future in awesome and incredible ways. Because Jesus says that those are the kingdom leaders among us. And we have to become like these children to truly receive the kingdom of God. So all ages are allowed. And we get to go forth to do good work because we are brave, strong children of God. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for those that are among us that oftentimes we have overlooked. But the ones that come with so much life and so much energy that they truly point the way forward of what it looks like to receive the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, open up our hearts for ways that we can teach, the ways that we can mentor, Lord, the ways that we can learn from the children and the youth among us. Lord, that we can more fully see your calling and your purpose for all of us to go out and to build relationships in wider ways than we ever thought possible. And in doing so, Lord, building the very kingdom of God. Lord, help us to lead us and guide us as we do all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.